Hello, and welcome to the Cinemondo Podcast with Kathy, Mark, and Burke talking about movies, horror, sci-fi, unusual, unknown, forgotten, underappreciated, always interesting. Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. How y'all so doing? we have Mark Asnavorian here, uh, screenwriter, here. short film producer, Pre- maker, present, <laughs> writer. I will understand. And we've got Kathy Bakken, who does promotional artwork that astounds and amazes. <laughs> It's and, it's right. the, she does those credit scenes that you see where it says amazing, <laughs> astounding, fascinating. I do not do that. <laughs> and Burke Sauls, who is uh, writer, director, motion graphics extraordinaire, just brilliant film. Who, who are you talking about now? <clears throat> yours truly. Oh. oh, I mean you, you. Oh, not me. Um, <laughs> yours truly. Uh, <laughs> you know. I was, <laughs> I was just uh, very proper. I know, really. Um, you know, putting a podcast together takes, you know, effort because we all work full time jobs, we're all busy. But I was just thinking about, you know, what jet setters we are. All oh, three of us, we're world are like, travelers. We really are. I mean, you know, I went to Pasadena just yesterday. Really? <laughs> and I'm back, and you went all the way to Pasadena. Yeah, I went to Altadena. Which <laughs> wow. Dina? Which Dina did you go to? <laughs> I went to Kentucky. <laughs> No Dina's for me. Uh, no, so, I went to Kentucky because I have family there. And then this is where Burke should cue the deliverance music. Oh, come on. In the background. <laughs> where I in Kentucky? Visiting my friends in Appalachia. Um, no. The Bourbon Trail? <laughs> the Bourbon Trail with David McCracken. Um, uh, it was his mom. Nice. He still lives there. And, um, you know, it's funny because it takes so long to get there. Yes. Because... There's two flights. There's no direct flight to Kentucky. Shocker. From Lexington. I mean, so you have Lexington. to fly to Chicago or something? So I, fly, I flew out of Atlanta. Oh, my God. You have to go L.A. to Atlanta? Yeah. Well, you can or, pick a few, but I just ended okay. up in Atlanta. I guess that makes sense. That's yeah. what happens when I go home to my hometown in Florida. Oh. It's like three stops, you know, and then the last plane you're on is a little propeller plane yeah. with five people in it. Well, I wasn't that small, but... Oh. But you're flying into Tallahassee, right? Yeah. Is there an airport? Okay. <laughs> yeah. There's an airport there. there. Is a, the, the Lexington airport's actually really nice. Yeah. Like it's yeah. very high tech because I flew out of Burbank. Mm-hmm. Man, that airport needs a makeover. You know, I love it. Its yeah. charm is that it's old and decrepit, but so I love walking easier. onto the tarmac to get on the plane. Yeah, yeah, I love that too. But the interior just needs an upgrade. It needs an, a facelift, but I love it small. It's all it needs. Doesn't I need sm- to get bigger. Small airports. Like yeah. I'm sure Lexington's small. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Tallahassee. Yeah. I, I, they're just so much more convenient. Oh, just and just easier. like there's 20, 30 gates, and you know, the security is not a long line. You know, I I do not like going to LAX. It just com- yeah. when I know that's coming, I'm so stressed out. Yeah, and when you get back, that drive from LAX, like oh, it's brutal. Always get a ride. Always don't do. ever take your car no, into we that. Do. Especially loop. now with Lyft and Uber and all that. It's, yeah, you know, it's, it's so a, much. Easier. I actually flew into LAX the family, and it was like we got in 11 o'clock at night on a Sunday, thinking, okay, well that's going to be f- fairly yeah. quiet time mobbed because all of the pacific rim <laughs> yep. flights are leaving like around or coming in i'm not sure yeah. like around between 11 and midnight and i had to wait 45 minutes and when i my first when i put in for a lift it was like a half hour wait it was 128 dollars to get home oh yeah but then i waited 10 minutes it kept going down 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 and about 45 minutes later it was 30 bucks so I was like, okay, it was worth waiting the 45 yeah, minutes. Yeah. To, oh, my gosh. It's so brutal. Yeah, but, so travel in LAX is And then, you know, I usually take, like, you know, my iPad and my iPhone and, you know, anything to have entertainment because that's like a four-hour flight to mm. Atlanta alone. So, mm. you know, and then they have the movies on the plane. 
Were there any movies that uh, did you watch a movie? Well, you know the best movie I watched on there was actually it was a short behind the scenes of a movie called The Biggest Little Farm, which I had not heard of. It's a documentary, which I am definitely going to watch now. Oh, um, but it was called Poodle Roo, and it was about a rooster who was being uh, who was being acting weird on this farm. It was like a little little clip from the movie. And uh, he would kept sleeping out in the fields. Like they had to go out every night and search for him, and oh. not put. He wouldn't go in the coop. He just wouldn't go in it. And they were like, "What is wrong with Poodle? Why is he?" So um, that was very touching and sweet. Find the big mystery about why he wouldn't go in the coop, and you know what happens to him, and how he finds his purpose at the end. And it's just the sweetest. <laughs> it's on YouTube. Also, you should watch it because I watched it like three times. It was Aww. so precious. I mean, there's wow. one kind of little bad part because uh-huh. <laughs> you know you have to have the rock bottom part. Ugh, sure, yeah. sure. But uh, it was mostly uplifting. But then they have a bunch of clips from it. And then, you know, I started watching a bunch of clips. And it was actually really good. But, you know, I watched a couple features. I've seen, I always use airplanes as a, a an excuse to see films mm-hmm. that are almost like, not guilty pleasures, but things yes. that I wouldn't, probably wouldn't waste my time watching otherwise. Like, I saw, um, I saw, what is that, Jupiter Rising Remember oh, that movie? Yeah, sure. Oh, sure. yeah. I watched that on a plane because I said, you know what? I'm not going to sit down and watch this. I'm not going to use up my real life to watch this movie. But sitting yeah. on a plane, I'm just going to see what it's all about. And it was terrible. Yeah, it's fun to take advantage. Oh, and I also watched, um, I finally, I've been wanting to see it. It was at the top of my list, actually. I was very excited. It was there. It's Detective Pikachu. Oh, <laughs> I, I, really I actually heard that. that was good. <laughs> it was so cute. Really? I mean, it was cute because it had a heart and it had like a good emotional story at the heart hmm. of it. So it wasn't just this like, it was a cavalcade of Pokemon, which I love Pokemon Go, so I play it. So it was cool to see these characters in the game come to life. I loved it. <laughs> um, and then, you know, Ryan Reynolds was great voicing Detective Pikachu. So cute. But I really liked it. It was like, okay, now I got to see it. Yeah, it doesn't cool. maybe not something that you would go to the theater to see. Or, you yeah. have time to kill, and yeah. I do that too. And it's uh, well, I wanted to see the theater, but I could find zero anyone to go with me. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, like nobody wanted to see that. You should have asked us. We would have gone. Uh, I don't think you would. Cinemondo, uh, Burke's like, trip. I would not go. <laughs> I'm, I'm busy that night. I'm, I'm busy whatever <laughs> night you're seeing it. I don't know what it is. I always see mega, mega huge, like, you know, yeah. uh, uh, you know, super, you know, uh, special effect movies that I wouldn't see at the theater. I see them on the little five inch oh, screen. Oh, it's nice to see a really good special well, effects movie on like a five by five. Well, I saw Aquaman on that because I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, really sit and watch that. You know, same with Batman But I've heard Aquaman Superman. was kind of good. Wasn't it? You know, um, well, listen. I guess we all have our. You know, it's James Wan, who's kind of could be an interesting director. It was very. I mean, it was C. Whatever. It was. It was okay. It was fine right. on a plane. You know? It's got an octopus playing drums. Right. It does. Yeah. It's a. It's a. It's, uh, it's almost like a children's movie. It's a cartoon compared to the Marvel films. It's a. Okay. It's a cartoony. You know, underworld. You know, there, there could have been something really more. You know, imposing there, but it was more. It was geared towards like you know. Ten-year-olds. It had yeah, standard yeah. villain types, and yeah. you know, it was it it was so colorful and so. But weird, violent moments too. That yeah, felt like okay, that's a little. It just seemed a little all over the place. Um, but anyway, I also watched because um, it's there's two long flights. <laughs> I watched. Uh, I also played a lot of Hearthstone, but um, <laughs> La the the legend is it the legend of La La Rona. It's that uh Yes, that was the is that another one of those uh conjuring I, films? I, I was thinking is <laughs> it, it in the conjuring because there was no connection to it, anything it's else. A, it, it it is part of it sort of. I'm sort of afraid it was, but yes. I watched it anyway. It was actually kinda good. Yeah. The only thing it has one of those pet peeve things I hate in horror movies. Mm. Fucking hate. 
is when they just say a person's name over and over again. Oh. It was just like, Sam, 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 (laughs) Sam, Sam. I'm just like, oh my God. You know, so it's like, find something else to say. I mean, I can't imagine the script is like, Sam, 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 Sam. It's like, come on. That was one of my big problems with Wally. Remember that movie? (laughs) I didn't see Wally. Oh. It just looked depressing to me. I didn't want to see it. Oh, I saw it. Was it depressing? Well, I guess. I mean, I thought it was Don't well done. Don't they treat done. robots kind of shitty? It's my least they, favorite Pixar movie, and it's a lot of people's gross. favorite. It's weird. I just mm-hmm. that one didn't click for me. Yeah. It's kind of has a depressing sort of message. Yeah. <laughs> Case closed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I just also saw the Mule on the plane recently. The Is the Mule that um, Clint Eastwood movie? Right. Clint Eastwood. Okay. How's oh, that? Oh yeah. How's I heard this? about that. It sounded like an interesting. It's premise. a really cool premise, and he just like he plays this kind of old guy who doesn't care anymore, and he just is is a drug mule. You know, okay. and, and how he get and how he gets into trouble, and it's just very watchable. Like like his movies, they're sort of easy to take. They sort of flow very easily. He directed and, it too. Yep. Okay. And it just has that sort, of, and he's just, he's sort of was great at playing an 85-year-old codger. You know, right. He's good at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he also was that in, uh, was it La Torino? What, what was it? El Torino. El Torino. Gran Torino. Gran Torino. Gran, okay, yeah. we don't speak Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> don't speak car. We don't speak yeah. cars or Spanish. That, I thought that was excellent. Yeah. That was really, and that was Clint Eastwood at his best crotchety old man. Yeah. yeah so he's this, just good, that guy. He's he just amazing. is, yeah. So Love. he just has a, a presence even at, you know, and he's still directing and it's just a very watchable film, that. you know, so that was a perfect okay. plane movie. You know? And speaking of um, our, our film industry connections, I once had a, um, I once, Clint Eastwood once uh, pumped a beer for me out of a beer keg at a rap party and we chatted mm-hmm. for a little while. Was this Dirty Harry? Yeah. (laughs) That's my little. uh, (laughs) I played the baby in that one. Remember the scene with the baby? You went from Rose. played a lot of babies. Yeah, Rosemary's baby. Then he went to. uh, He was a very cute baby. I was the baby in the the Sergei Eisenstein film. In Potemkin and in uh, Touchables version. I was in Touchables also. I had to sort of tuck my legs in for that one because I was a little older. (laughs) But. You want a baby? Get Burke. Yeah. He's 50, he's 50 years old. Get him anyway. I'm good with going downstairs in a, in a stroller. I can do that. He's good at crying. Yeah. <laughs> and that's another thing on planes. I had two, two babies behind me who literally squalled oh, no. and cried the whole way. That's so wonderful. And then the way back, what is with this now? Like, I'm on this plane on the way back. No babies, so I was grateful for that. Mm-hmm. But... And I usually have the aisle seat because I just want to be able to get up when I want to get up and not have to climb over through two other people. Why don't people open windows on planes anymore? Yeah. Don't pe- I mean, you're on a plane. Don't you want to see out? Yeah, so on the way back, we're chasing the sunset. It was gorgeous. Yeah. The entire front of the plane, every line, every window was shut. Yeah, like, why don't people want to look out? There's people who that. travel a lot and they just want to sleep. I don't know. Yeah, but, but see, I, if I can't see out, I get all, ooh, get uh, motion But you can open your own see, window, right? But I'm not on the window. I'm on oh. the You want to do that reach over and just how to do it. Yeah, that would be. Well, the stupid bitch that <laughs> was on the inside. <laughs> Let me just say, she was not cool at all. Oh, I was just, yeah. like, as we were taking off, like, can you open the window when you take off? She just snapped it up and just didn't say anything. And I'm like, Ugh. all right then. Yeah. And then the minute we were in sky, she just snaps it shut. And I'm like, okay. So then when she got to go to the bathroom, I opened it again. And then she shut. I'm like, just. And so she's sitting there. And so, of course, she's sleeping. So she's not even appreciating. So it could be open because it wasn't bright. Mm-hmm. It was sunset. We could do a whole episode yeah. on, on airplane, uh, people on airplanes. I just go. I 
for, whenever I sit down and there's more people coming on, I yeah. cannot watch what's happening in the aisle because mm. yeah. I will lose myself. I will yeah. lose my shit because <laughs> you know it's just I look down. Don't look at this person who's trying to put this oversized thing in, uh, and they're uh, holding uh, it vertically and they're, and they're trying and to they're push try- it into a and horizontal and space. Yeah, and I'm and like, oh my god, I can't look at this. And the people so don't true. get in and they don't uh, get out of the way. They just stand there like no one's there. Yeah, and there's a whole line, and then there's the oh. you know the flight attendant. Hey, listen, everybody can step away and step into your uh, row. Blah blah blah. An announcement to tell people and they stop still being don't do, do it. <laughs> no. And I go, I can't look at this. So I here we are going off. You have to be a special person to be a flight attendant. My wife is a flight attendant, and she I has some of the most it. nightmarish stories. Oh. But she has the patience of a saint. You know, she can. She tells me these stories, and I think she that's her way of sort of letting them go. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you inhale and you exhale the bad, and it's, right. and then everything's okay. Right, but uh, yeah, no, we we fly to Thailand every so often, and that's like a twenty-hour jet setters. That's what I'm saying. Uh, jet see, setters, that's Thailand, do. Italy, Thailand, Kentucky. Kentucky. You go to Africa, uh, Africa. Yeah, but yeah. you know, at least at the end of the flight, you're in Africa. Right? Yeah, right. You know, it takes fucking forever. <laughs> that's the thing. You know, you got to get your entertainment good. You know, you get some good headphones, mm-hmm. and I like to read on planes. I I have a have a bit of a problem. With uh, sleeping, I can't. No, I can't I've gotten sleep. better at it lately, as far as being able to to like support my neck when I'm. Like, yeah. I've figured yeah. out ways to do that. You get the special little thing, and and it, it's so worth it to get to get some sort of highly rated neck pillow off of you know Amazon or something, and yeah. try your best to just sleep through as much of it as you can. Noise canceling headphones, yeah, are, uh, yep, you know, huge. a must. They're worth. And also maybe something for your nose because the last flight I was on, I was sitting there and I went, you know, oh, empty middle seat oh, could uh, be good. Yeah. Somebody sat down and brought in her his big uh, subway tuna. Yeah. Oh no! You know? Oh god! Yeah, we had that. I and had I was just like, bringing oh, in the food, and I was like, what's that smell? I was like, oh, yeah. It's food. yeah. So it's, <laughs> I guess it's gonna go away soon. I hope. I think we yeah. could do an entire uh, podcast series about about travel. And I'm sure everyone would love to hear it. Is there <laughs> is there a travel podcast out there? <laughs> Somebody already thought of that idea. I don't think they do travel podcasts. It'd be a whole new niche. So that's my idea. Wow. (laughs) Burke, you're just full of great ideas. Wow. But it is great when you get the screen. You go, okay, I can watch a movie. Yeah. Of course, you can finagle it on your phone somehow, usually somewhere else. But it's like, oh, okay, I can actually do something, you know, pass the time. Well, should we do our segments? Let's do a segment. Do we have segments? Who's going first? Okay. You want Mark to go first this time? Let's make Mark go first. Okay, I'm going first. All right. talk about that was good your, that was your cool music did <laughs> you hear it i did did you add a typewriter to it i couldn't tell <laughs> i'd like you to bring a uh, put a ham and cheese master organ in there too okay. you know. <laughs> mark's gonna write his own theme song apparently <laughs> i'm gonna bring my recorder in yes recorder. the one burke that just isn't good enough so he's gonna do no, his own. i love it i love I it imagine if we did our own how bad they would be <laughs> i encourage it I know the three chords I know on the guitar. I'll just play that over again. <laughs> At least you know some chords. I'd be like, Where? okay. Well, you know, I, I tr- this is you know full disclosure here. Uh, I didn't really prepare, so I'm going what? to talk about box office boffo. But that's good. That's yeah. prepared. You know, it's like it's it. Yeah, I'm looking. You know, I'm trying to. Th- I think it's very interesting to talk about box office and why they're yeah. successful. Like, yeah, like for instance, the number one movie this week. What was it? Good Boys. 
Do you know that film? I don't even know what it is. What no. There you go. It's a comedy. It's a Seth it? Rogen comedy. Oh, okay. Wait, oh, Seth Rogen. Oh. But Seth Rogen. Who, like, I was like, three, Adam Sandler. I was like, it, uh, oh, wait. That's it's like Adam a Sandler. super bad. It's like, you know, uh, three you know three kids like in seventh grade who are foul-mouthed and they get into Oh, trouble. yeah. I've seen the trailers for that. Yeah, the little kids like Seth are Rogen, really naughty. Seth Rogen has turned into this incredible, like, you know, mogul. Yeah. Yes. Everything he touches, like whether it's sausage party, you know, he has like yeah. these R-rated <laughs> sausage party. Yeah. Good that, example. I know, but it's a huge. It was a big, big hit. <laughs> was for, it? For yeah, I mean, it was oh. it made money, and then the, the show that's on Amazon Prime, which I loved, called um, The Boys. He he, he produced that. Mm. Executive producer. Well, he does preacher. He does preacher, right? I think yeah. he does because they did a um a. He, a, a commentary on it's it surprising time. that he's doing these yeah. things that are just like the boys is not something you would think although it's certainly funny it's very dark sort of superhero yeah. but he also thing. did the green hornet that's okay though he had to make money mm. okay. <laughs> <laughs> ryan reynolds also did you know, the green hornet he did the green and he's lantern. okay he yeah. did a Green yeah. Lantern, but Green. I didn't oh, see. Oh yeah, I Green Lantern. See, yeah. <laughs> I green, got my greens some mixed green up. Thing. <laughs> I didn't see the Green Hornet. Was it horrible? I didn't see either of those. No. I I I love the old '60s Green Hornet show. Right, right. You know, which this was kind of an homage to, I guess, kind right. of. Because the original show was so cool, you know, it was one of those '60s kind of like sort of cashing in on the campy Batman '60s vibe. But it had, had Bruce a, Lee in it. Bruce Lee was Cato, and Van yeah. Williams was was the Green Hornet. And it had a, to me, it was a, more of a series. It wasn't as goofy as Batman. Right. It felt a little bit. It was same. William Dozier produced it, so it, was, yeah. it had the same vibe, but but it was a darker vibe. It was yeah. more of a comic book vibe, like a more of like a serious comic. And he was book. busting up drug dealers and things yeah. like that. And, yeah. Ugh, what a but the well, movie was just uh, <laughs> Seth Rogen's movie version of it was just I, I couldn't finish watching it so I can't really do a review of the whole mm, film but okay. I started watching it I'm like okay I know what this I, I know where this is going I know what he's doing with it and I'm bored and I don't like it well, yeah. when I was when I worked at the agency and when I was working at uh, one of the agencies I worked at they did the poster for Sausage Party right mm-hmm. and I remember they went to a screening of it while they were in the process of working on it I wasn't actually working on it and they came back, and I overheard one of the guys. And these are not easily shocked people. He went, "That was just too much." Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like, very yeah. hard R. It is not. You couple that with animation, which you expect it to be in a children's film, or at least. Well, you I know. appreciate that. Yeah, but, but is that to- toilet humor stuff? I don't. Really way know. over the edge. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, way, way that. to the point. Like, okay, you're just being crude. Yeah, you know. But here, look at the top ten. So, Good Boys, Fast and Furious. That's obviously yeah. uh, what's called Hobbs and presents Hobbs and Shaw. Well, wow, that's right. that's a mouthful. That's that's number two. I can't believe the marketing with that <laughs> title. The, the Lion King remake. Okay, right? well that's so cute looking. Right, but it's you know I won't they, see it because there's too much animal death, but it looks very cute. <laughs> well, I've heard that it's not as good as the, as the cartoon, but it's, it, it looks gorgeous. That's like and people stunning. saying it's not as good as the bat. Well, but what it's it's a not, kind none of, of them to me are as good as Kimba the White Lion, which is based on the the. Uh, Osamu Tezuka Japanese yeah. anime. I loved that. Angry that was... Birds movie two. <laughs> there's an Angry Birds movie. Yeah, oh, that... two. There's this is the second one. And it's up in the top ten. Oh yeah, oh, Dora God. and the Lost City of Gold. That's Dora the Explorer. Another right. kids. Oh, show. My God, yeah. they're all kids movies. Uh, Forty Seven Meters Down, Uncaged. Which I did kind of want to see that. That's the that's the sequel to Forty Seven right. Meters Down, which I saw, which I actually liked. I, I, I like some of Shark movies. They're not as good as Jaws, but they're fun. Well, fun. Not yeah. the bag, but everything um, else. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, an adult film. An adult film. For it? adults, by adults. Yeah. But Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is number what? Number eight this week. Uh, it, it had a pretty limit. It was a more art house. It's grossed, you know, it grossed $114 million Which they of, say is his biggest movie ever. Yeah. 
I wonder yeah. if it's bigger, doing better business here in LA where people sort of feel a connection, more of a connection to it than like, I wonder if people back East, you know, where I grew up and stuff are, are interested in once one time in Hollywood. You know what I, I think, mean? Well, I think overall I think movie fans, I think movie, yeah. people are fans of, you know, movie fans are going to dig it. But of course, obviously you live here and you drive down Hollywood Boulevard yeah. to sunset, you're going to go, Oh, this is so cool. And you we know? all saw the set decorations for this, yeah. you know, the stores that they had reverted so back cool. to the sixties style and. So cool. And, you know, I've heard, like, I think we talked about this. I think it might be generational, too, because it really is for adults. Because I know a lot of younger people I've heard talk about don't get it. Right. And they yeah. watch it and they're like, it's really slow in the beginning. And I'm like, well, it's not slow if you really appreciate what they're trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you don't appreciate, let's say, the music or the, the, the cars the or the shows and... or the, you know, everything that's about, about right. you know, the, if you don't connect to that. I think, I think people are was... disappointed when they think it's about Manson and it's not. Right. right. <laughs> I mean, Manson's kind of more subtext. Right. And I think people go expecting Manson. And when right. they see this long preamble about, you know, behind the scenes in Hollywood, they're like, what the fuck is all this? Yeah. But I think the Tarantino name is basically, if you like him, you're going to go. Right. But it, that's probably, and he's still art house. He's not a huhuge, huge, you know, box office no, tent not. pole guy. Right, you know? he's not. But this has done very well for him. Okay, and, yeah. And then you know, Spider Man, Far From Home, oh, and other sequels. People still see those. Uh, Toy Story <laughs> hey. Four, Aladdin remake, oh, Jesus Christ. Secret Life of Pets too. So you okay, get an so idea. it's basically idiocracy right now. Right. <laughs> Kids rule the box office, and everyone else can just fuck off. Yeah. Ugh. No, it's just it's depressing. Uh, it is kind of depressing. I mean, there's great movies if you look down the list, movies that aren't doing right. as well. They're you know, okay, those or are maybe been out films. for a while. Yeah. But you know, wasn't box office always kind of a not interesting? Well, you I'd know? love to go back to 1974 and yeah. just a random week and see what were the top ten movies. Yeah, we should we should check. I'm it's, sure Apple Dumping Gang. If is someone there, had done you know, the like, research, we could have those numbers right now. <laughs> oh, oh well, it's like music. You know, what's funny. I was talking to somebody just the other day about music and. And younger people think, you know, oh, it's so cool. It must have been cool growing up in the 80s, you know. And it was. With the punk rock and everything. And I'm like, you know rock. what? It was there, but you, it wasn't mainstream. It wasn't no, like it, wasn't. it was on the radio. It yeah. wasn't like you turned mm-hmm. on the radio and it was the Sex Pistols, Pistols and the Clash and the Ramones right. and the Smiths and, you know. Yeah, the communities for that were very small. And whatever city you were in, it was like, you know, five people at a teeny club. You turned on the radio where I grew up and it was Jimmy Buffett and Captain and Tennille. You and had to have college radio was the only place you'd get that. Yeah, and that was sort of like one of those things that would lose its funding and yep. disappear, you know, or... Or you had to, you know, listen between this hour and this hour to hear it. And right. It, right. it wasn't, you know, the 80s weren't, it's, they weren't as 80s as a lot of people think they were. So I think yeah. the things that were, on, you know, on the, the Billboard Top 100 are not cool. And the things that are doing the best at the box office are never the cool movies. I've never been a top 10 person. Yeah. I don't like top 10 music. I don't like top 10 movies. I have never been in the top 10. It's like the Oscars and the the yeah. winners of the Oscars are never movies I would have given the Oscar to. You That's know? true. No, it, uh, but it just <laughs> seems now more than ever, the, uh, the uh, you know, big studios are only going to give big budget movies to, obviously, uh, you know, projects or that that have already been successful in some way, whether right? It's a sequel, brand or recognition, a, game, a video game, or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. You know, that's how that is. They're not going to give big money to a no. new idea. That's, that's why not. Marvel these big comic book movies because, like Spider Man, example. How many Spider Man reiterations do we need with different actors? And it's still in the top ten. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why they keep remaking these big old comic book movies. Well, Spider-Man is a cool character. Always, you know, he's always been kind of a cool character. Yeah. I love the Marvel he's stuff. He's my least favorite. I think he's, he's kind a, of boring. The comic books were great. 
the Steve Ditko mm. comic books with Spider-Man because he was a, a gawky, nerdy teenager who was a superhero. That was like that was brand new when it came out. So I'm 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 down with Spider-Man. He's okay. <laughs> well, we had we've had you know Tobey Maguire. Yeah. Right? Then we had um, Andrew Garfield. Right. Then we have Tom Holland. Yeah. Then we have. Yeah. Did we? I mean, am I missing somebody? I feel like there's someone else in there. Oh, no, that's the three. There has to be more the because they make ones. one every year with someone new. No, well, just those three because each one of them got like three. You know, oh, did you see Spider Man in the Spider Verse? That was another no. One, but that well, was that's another one. one. Yeah, yeah, but he's a cartoon. I hate this so. conversation. Yeah. Okay. But but lastly, in 1977, there was a show, a Spider Man TV show yeah. on, on oh, ABC. Good. Let's talk about a TV and the show star now. and the star of that was Nicholas Hammond, right. who played Sam Wanamaker. The director in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, oh. same guy, Mark. See, that is amazing. See? Now that's that why you do around. the I will, news. Uh, that will, that's how I send off my. <laughs> that was very, very good, bit. strong ending. <laughs> I'm done here. That was good, and we and talked over out. your whole segment, <laughs> Finney. <laughs> we just talked all through your whole. No, segment. that's good. But then we're uh, supposed to, and I want you to talk through mine too. You need to ask questions. All right, about. Kathy, you're up. My music's so good. Okay, so I am talking about It Chapter 2. That's about to come out in September. Mm-hmm. I should know the date, but I do not. It's September. It's, so it's not out yet. but It's not out yet, but it's already... Um, How are you going to talk about it? This is. <laughs> I'm talking about movies and posters. Movie uh-huh. posters and trailers. Um, I've already actually... This, this actually should be a Mark segment, but... The box office is already predicted to be over like 140 million in the first weekend. They're predicting yeah. that because yeah. they're getting all this polling feedback. Because it won, did so good. Well, it's supposed to do better than it won, and actually, it looks better than it won. Oh. I think. Well, now you've got adults versus kids. You have adults, and they flash back to the kids, but you have this incredible cast. You have like Jessica Chastain is in it. Um, Bill Hader's in it. Um, and then there's another big person in it. So, but I was here. Mark, <laughs> is, Mark is the facts. I am the posters. Uh, <laughs> uh, you do your thing. I'll, I'll, I'll pop in. Every, uh, you pop in and tell me who the fuck is in this movie. Okay. So, um, so as for posters, it has come out with like a plethora of many, 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 many teaser posters. And they're all done by different agencies. And I'm going to give agencies credit because that's actually available information. Um, so, James McAvoy. James McAvoy, that's the big one. Oh, I yeah. love him. Yeah. Okay. So of course I forget the one I'm most excited about. Right. Um, so that looks it looks really fantastic. I yeah. Think. And of course you know uh, the Skarsgård dude, Bill Skarsgård. Bill Skarsgård. Bill Skarsgård yeah. As you know, because he was so he had so much fun with that role. I thought he was great. So when you see the trailer, it, it opens. There's a couple trailers too. One of the trailers is basically like just a scene of Jessica Chastain going to visit this older woman, and mm-hmm. things are just not right. So you kind of can guess that it's going badly. So I love trailers that are just a scene because then you get a real little taste, not just like quick cuts of different scenes. Yes. But then they're only selling her. And I know they want to highlight their whole cast because it is so strong, even though I can't remember anyone. (laughs) But that I like that they did one trailer like that, more like a sneak peek than the Mm -hmm. trailer. Mm -hmm. And then they did the trailer that shows you the flashback to the kids. And one of the kids is from Stranger Things. Yeah, Finn Wolfhard. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. the super big nerdy one that looked like Joey Ramone. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, yeah. And then... um, and then they, they flash between the adults, which is what I remember from the book, is the yeah. adults flashing back as kids and going back to solve the mystery. So yeah. the first one was basically all about what the kids did. 
Now we're going to have what the book is really about. Well, they kind of followed the miniseries from the 80s, which was, again, right. it was kids right. in part one and adults in part two. Right. And, and silly monster yeah. at part three. <laughs> so yeah. Oh, no, there's a bad part three. I remember one thing just to, when Burke lived in the, uh, the brewery, he took me on a little uh, walk down the street and he went, we went into a special effects place. Remember? And you showed me the, little mo- the monster from It and it was literally this big. Oh. You remember that? It was on mm. a shelf. It showed me the Stargate, too. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. hundred years ago. Yeah, yeah, that was a long time what? ago. A hundred years yeah. ago today. <laughs> the Stargate <laughs> the and the Lawgiver from Planet of the Apes yeah, they yeah, had in there. Yeah, cool stuff, yeah. Yeah, so. it was a, sculpture, a, a sculptural place that I used to live near when I lived downtown. And they sculpted things for films. And yeah. So, sorry, I cut in. Oh, no, no, yeah, go, yeah. carry on. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so do you like okay. the poster? So, so they have a bunch of posters, and they obviously they didn't have a special shoot for the cast because all they're doing is selling conceptual, which we talked about in a previous episode, which means um, a conceptual poster would mean they don't really show the cast, and it's maybe more symbolic, or they just show like one person in maybe a super graphic way. or Like the poster for Jaws is a great example. Jaws was an illustration, too, so that, that's a whole different level, because they could have shown a real person, but they didn't. And but if couldn't. if the Jaws poster were done now, oh yeah, it would have a big old face of Roy Scheider, and it would have the whole cast, you know, in right. their faces, like, and then it probably looked like the Jaws two, three, four, five, six. Right. <laughs> would have just a bunch of people's heads in the sky. That's a whole genre of <laughs> posters. Yeah. So they um they have a bunch of different posters, and I will describe them, and then we will post them on social media. Um, I think the coolest one is still, and they had this in the, the as a teaser poster for chapter one was the two balloon, the balloon, yeah, and the little kid holding the balloon, which oh, was yeah. the opening yeah. scene, right? So in this one, they have two balloons, but they're being held by obviously Pennywise's hand, so it's mm. all on a black background. It's very mysterious, but I like that they sort of insinuate two with two balloons. I thought that was kind of clever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that was done by an uh, agency called Cold Open that's here in town. Good job, guys. Um, and then um, they did another one, super minimal, that was just black with it. Looks like it's kind of written in blood. Yes, mm. I've seen that. One. Or uh, cut through a black piece of yeah, cloth or something. Yeah, right. it's kind of vague. It's like very super simple, and it just says chapter two. And you just, they don't list cast. They don't, it's just teaser. It's classic teaser where it just has a studio logo and a very simple graphic. That one, let's see, who was that? Those are one? effective to me because. You, a lot of times that's the first time you've heard that there's going to be a sequel. There's been a few like that where, where you, you really like the first one, and then you see this poster that's like, oh, that's so cool. There's going to be another one. Yes. You usually you see those in lobbies of movie theaters. Yeah. Like, oh, that's coming. You like know? the early announcement type right. of yes. poster. Yeah. And also when you do a poster like this, it's appealing. What you're trying to do is hit as broad an audience as possible guaranteed those people just don't like clowns and they don't want to see clowns. So you got to give them a poster. It's not going to show any clowns. Oh, that's a good point. It's not that they're not going to see their posters, but you want to get people intrigued without showing anything. They're going to go gross. I hate clowns. You know, you don't want to see it. So you got to try and appeal to everyone's likes and dislikes. Mm -hmm. Because the people that already like the first film know that there's a clown in it. Right. And you know, if you're going to go into it, not knowing there's a clown in it. Yeah. That's on you. So, okay. So then we have an IMAX poster. And usually IMAX designs their own posters, um, or they they hire their own agency that usually doesn't go through some of the bigger agencies. Um, Sometimes we worked on IMAX posters, and they want their art to be very different from anything else. They they want it to look like its own thing. No kidding. So in that that one, they have a ton of balloons, because it's IMAX and it's bigger. (laughs) And then they have a little tiny, little tiny hint of a clown eye in there. And so that's a pretty cool poster, too, because it's mostly red. It's very eye-catching. Um, but the IMAX poster is promising lots and lots of balloons. 
Lots of balloons means lots of blood and death. That's how I look <laughs> at it, which makes me very intrigued. Um, that was done by Legion Creative Group, and they do a lot of like indie stuff, like mm. probably a lot more IMAX stuff than most agencies. Um, the budgets are kind of lower if IMAX. Oh, but IMAX is a big draw, right? Because yeah. I'm looking at that poster, and mm-hmm. it says IMAX really big on the it's poster. It's selling IMAX. Yeah. Right. Like, it's IMAX before it. Right. And that's why they have to kind of do their own thing. And sometimes with IMAX, they'll release it like a day earlier, or they'll have like their own sort of set of screenings. It's, it's a whole, they're their whole little studio in a way. So every IMAX poster or, you know, advertiser is going to be IMAX first? Is that You'll probably, if you look at IMAX poster, you'll see IMAX, and it'll have like a little tiny movie title. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> Which okay. is what it says here. It says it all ends in IMAX. It has a little tiny it underneath chapter two. Yeah. Um, and then it's pretty overwhelming, yeah. overwhelmingly cool way to see a movie. I, it's I almost saw too Avatar like that, and it was pretty cool because <laughs> they have all that great sound. I mean, yeah. you're almost like in the movie in there. I almost can't handle that anymore. I it saw, fills I, up your field of vision. It does I saw Dunkirk? You know, in IMAX, uh, oh shit, and that was just like oh, you felt God. like you were on a in, in a fighter pilot. It was so loud and so yeah. like just you know. If incredible. you want to really be inside Pennywise, go see it in IMAX <laughs> if you really want that. Um, and then I you know, really like when posters, especially for horror, go for the white solve because you don't see that very often. It makes sense for this. So the next poster, another teaser poster, um, is done by Concept Arts, was all white with just Pennywise's eyes at the bottom. And then he's white, his face is white, so it just goes to white. So you're just seeing like eyes on a field of white. Mm. Um, that's another little thing. Just that it ends with, we all know this isn't going to end. Mm. There's no way it's going to end. Just, you got to keep doing it until it makes, stops making money. Um, so I haven't seen the final poster yet. I don't think it's out yet, or it's probably going to be a version of one of these. But then we have the trailer. So as we were talking about earlier, I can't remember any of the cast. They're all in it. <laughs> so, Shall we roll but, the trailer? Yeah, let's roll the trailer and talk about it. Cool. Something happens to you when you leave this town. The farther away, the hazier it all gets. But me, I never left. I remember all of it. We made an oath. I swear. If it isn't dead. If it ever comes back. We'll come back to him. We didn't stop it. Pennywise. The clown. We can't let it happen again. from the inside. 
And so we don't have a choice anymore. You lied. And I died. sounds so fucking cool yeah. i mean it looks cool it sounds cool i mean i just i, just I do like wait. the idea of them going back like you know the adults going back and the mem- memories i think that's sort of you know works for the film. really cool because yeah. you know i like to like the kid thing feels a little more spielberg it does definitely feel stephen king you know because he always seems to have these kind of younger impressionable characters in his his books so and you know like i said it is basically about childhood you know memories and trauma but I like that they're kind of adulting it up. Because as we were talking, adult films are kind of a minimal <laughs> thing going on right yeah. now. Well, you know, Stranger Things is huge, but Stranger yeah. Things sort of skewed lower. You know, like it's like right. 12-year-olds, that's just their show. Yeah. You know? It is. When the first year, year was more kind of like an adult thing. So and I did going. like the last season of Stranger Things better, I think. Because yeah, I like them being more capable. Right. More mobile because they can get around. No, tra- parents don't miss them. They can get around. Um, I thought that was really great in Stranger Things. But anyway, so Stranger Things does seem very similar to this. Mm-hmm. Um, but this movie looks way more violent than the first one, mm-hmm. I think. It was the first one PG 13 or R. I can't remember. You're uh, the facts, dude. I know. I'm just, that was a rhetorical <laughs> don't question. Ask me. It, was, it was NC 17, actually. No. That's a good question. I don't even know. You know, sometimes these movies aren't rated till the last minute. Yeah. But if they really want to bring in the money, and I'm thinking because they're rating it so high, Should it be PG-13. may not be R. Because yeah. R makes less money. I don't know if yeah. people know that in general. Because you can't get the younger I audience, think, I which think everyone it, wants. It was, an R, it was R rated. I'm, I'm 90% sure because it was such a thing that it was very popular. It really and, was. Um, yeah. And um, so I, I'm guessing they're going to stick with R for this. That's my guess because... It did so well. They don't want to sort of like take away from some of the adults who want to see a little more of the carnage. Right. Yeah. yeah. We want to see carnage, which I think they're going to deliver. It's looking. So, you know, we talked about the opening scene with Jessica Chastain with the old lady and just that really nice clip, you know, it's not a clip um, cell. And then um, I also like that they're uh, showing some like little hints of other movies. Like they're sort of heralding some other movies. Like they have the big water gushing. It looked like The Shining to me, you know, they had things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Pennywise looks extra creepy this time. Like in the first one, he looked kind of almost funny and mischievous. This one, he just looks full on scary. Good. I just think it looks super scary. The music's really good. It just seems like there's blood everywhere. Like this trailer is, it's for sure like mature audiences. <laughs> I don't know how else you can look at it. Um, so basically, it's picking up 27 years later after the first. So they're all in their 30s. Um, and uh, that's why we're having like a, a more adult film, which will probably be a little meaner spirited because, you know, when you're doing stuff to kids, you got to be careful. It, the book you gets a little don't. bit meaner it spirited does. too when they're adults. It sure. almost isn't cool anymore to do that with kids. Like even Stranger Things, it was almost kind of like, oh, this is kind of not cool. Right. Yeah. And, but but then at the same time, I feel like when there's kids in a movie, I'm not really worried about them because I know they're just not going to kill them off versus adults. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Anything goes with adults. <laughs> um it's the same director who did the first one, and he also worked on the horror movie Mama. He's Andy a, Mush- Muschietti? Yeah. Sorry, you guys. We're yeah. mutilating everyone's yeah. name involved in this movie. <laughs> but overall, I think they're doing a good job. They're, they're letting you know about the first movie. They show some hints. Um, they're definitely branding it so it's tied into the first movie with lots of Pennywise because they did a really good job of making the eyes and the makeup on the clown very iconic. So when you see that, you know exactly it's it, you know, Pennywise from... 
from it, which you know, written by Stephen King, can't go wrong. Absolutely. So that's basically. I think this movie is gonna be huge. It will be. And I love seeing huge horror movies. They're super glossy and fun. It's Andres Muschietti, and he's Argentinian. Oh, oh, there you go. Okay, great director. It looks like it's gonna be great. I mean, I thought the opening scene of it. Chapter one was probably one of the most horrific things I've seen in a movie in a long time because they do actually hurt a child, which is like, whoa. Yeah. And it wasn't cool either. It was like a really nasty depiction. Yeah. Like they well, didn't was, back away, which was, I'm like, kudos yeah. for not pulling the punch. Directly from the book. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they just yeah. went with The Stephen book King. is, I mean, Stephen King has, has uh, pushed those buttons before, you know, like with Pet Cemetery and things like that, where you, you, that's one of the things when you pick up a Stephen King book, you have no idea yeah. what you're in for. Right. And that's, I think that's one of the tricks to making a film based on a, on a Stephen King story is getting that feeling across that he has in his books, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's always you? been difficult. All right. Well, thank so you for that, Kathy. That's, that's interesting. my report on chapter two. I'm sure we'll be doing a podcast about it very yeah. soon, which we're all going to rush to the theater and see it. Because we did an episode with it one, we right? did. We, we did, did clowns, it. yeah. Or that's no, right. did we do Something. clowns? Or because we did Castle Rock and it, right? Right with Stephen King adaptations, Stephen King? I think. Okay. Maybe or we'll things do, with maybe Skarsgård. We'll, we'll do a field trip. We'll Soon do another we'll do one of our trip. field trips. Maybe the, we'll have another earthquake. Yeah, mm. <laughs> we had that one during Midsummer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, carry on. Oh, it's my turn. It's Burke's turn to take us back in time to when life was simpler. Is the band awake over there? Hey guys, wake up! Play the play my song. Thanks. Okay, you can go back to sleep now. It's so adorable. My section is about old movies. Everybody. Everybody makes fun of me all the time about liking old <laughs> movies. Nobody makes fun of you. I get ridiculed. <laughs> but old movies, I keep saying this, you know what? There's so much good stuff out there. And I watched something by a director that we all like, um, Jacques Tournier. Tournier. I think I've, I would go with the, the first one, Tournier. I've heard it pronounced different ways. Oh, really? He's and, French, though, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. T-O-U-R-N-E-U-R. Jack Turner. That's what I would call him. Well, Jack that's, Turner. <laughs> sometimes I've heard people in, in old interviews where they say that we're going to be talk to, talking to Jack Turner. And uh, <laughs> so I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah. Turnier, I've always said, you know, right. trying to sound French, but I may be wrong. <laughs> but anyway, well, he's... Well, it's like when people talk about can and they say they've said con, even though yeah. it's technically can. Yeah. <laughs> Mon Dieu. Yeah. It just doesn't sound French. It sounds like Oui, oui, monsieur. <laughs> Au revoir. But Jacques Tournier, 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 did some amazing films. He did some really cool stuff, and it was kind of experimental in a way. It was, um, a lot of his movies are very moody, and they're scary in a way that a lot of films at the time weren't scary. A lot of films would show the monster lurking and have a hand reaching through these old horror films, had these tropes, you know, that there's, uh, you know, the James Whale stuff is way outside of all that because it's so beautifully done. And, and so uh, the first Frankenstein film, it's hard to imagine how, how hor- horrifying that film was. 
there had never been a depiction of a living dead person hardly on film before that that was done so vividly and and so heartbreakingly and weirdly but Jacques Tournier did um Tournier did films that didn't that it were sort of no they're sort of known for not showing the monster or the thing but just having this moody this scary moodiness and there's a notorious story about his movie called Night of the Demon, also known as Curse of the Demon from 1957. It's a great, great movie. Such a great ending. It's such a great movie. and it's, That one really holds up, too, because you think, oh, it's black and white, it's going to be cheesy, but it ends up being really powerful. Well, the mm. sto- yeah, that's the, it's all about the story. And, of course, the notorious part of the story is that the studio made them stick images of a monster in there, which I'm okay I loved with. it. I like the monster. It's so cute. And it's a it's 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 scary enough. The monster's scary enough, but he didn't not scary, really want cute. he didn't really want a monster scene in it. He wanted it to be, I think, the idea of somebody having a curse put on them. He wanted that to be like, are are, are you really cursed by a demon, or is the idea of having a curse put on you the thing that's cursing you? You know. Are you are you scared to death because you've had a curse put on you, or are you scared to death because there's a demon chasing you? Right, exactly. <laughs> and then the cat people the same way. Is there really a cat person, or is it just something else? Is or it somebody a, just crazy? Or somebody just being scared of hearing a little right. sound, you know, mm-hmm. and suddenly you're thinking about this cat cat monster. But anyway, what I want to talk about is one of his lesser known films. Uh, from the same year that Curse of the Demon came out, 1957, and it's called Nightfall. And it's not supernatural, it's not, it, it's scary, but it's a uh, film noir. It, it's a, it's got Aldo Ray in it, and mm-hmm. um, it also has Brian Keith from, from no the, you know, dad from Family Affair. Family Affair, sure. That's funny. And Brian Keith plays a really bad guy in this, like a horrible bad guy. But he's got an edge. All the characters have a have really interesting qualities to them. It's also got Anne Bancroft and um, a lot of other great character actors from the time. But the story is interesting. Aldo Ray plays this guy who you don't really know too much about him. It's got that style that a lot of filmmakers use, like Quentin Tarantino, where you go back and forth in time. A little bit. You mm. you see a little bit of him, and you don't know what's going on. What is he a bad guy or a good guy? Is he time jump where they withhold information and make you think one thing, and then all of a sudden you're thinking a different thing? Yeah, or you think this is a good guy, and then you time jump, and you're like, oh, he's a bad guy. And they then... did that in Detective Pikachu. Really? <laughs> <laughs> That's the movie we're talking about later. Uh, actually, we like to compare <laughs> Pikachu to Jack Journey. Yeah. Jacques. Jacques. Tournier. Jacques Tournier. But Aldo Ray, to me, is a is a very modern style actor. He his style is so natural, and a lot of people talk. Uh, to, you know, a lot of people talk about you know Marlon Brando and uh, a lot of these other actors being this sort of new style of acting. But I think Aldo Ray was there too. Aldo Ray had a real unassuming everyman kind of vibe to him. He he wasn't like a good looking leading man type. I mean, he was good looking, but he wasn't like a he wasn't like the handsome Cary Grantish, or Cary Gr- yeah. yeah, and he didn't have that sort of, you know, uh, charisma, the outgoing charisma. He seemed a little introverted in his films, and it, and it was interesting. He seemed a little like a a shy person, especially in this film. And 
and he shows up in you know Hollywood Boulevard, and there's a guy who's sort of chasing him. It seems like this staking him out. And it turns out the story, what the basic story is, is that um, Aldo Ray and his friend were camping, and some bank robbers showed up. They'd been, you know, injured, and they ran off the road. And so Aldo Ray and his friend go and help these bank robbers, and the bank robbers end up stealing their car because they crashed their own car. But they can't just steal the car, right? They want to they uh, get rid of these witnesses, so they they can't just shoot them with their own guns because they don't want the authorities to know which way they're going. So these guys were out hunting in the woods, and they he picks up the guy's rifle that they were using for hunting and shoots one of them. And then he throws the rifle to Aldo Ray and puts holds a gun on him and says, "Okay, now kill yourself with that rifle," and the and everybody will think you shot your friend and then killed yourself. And it's a, it's got some pretty heavy darkness to this film. The two bad guys are bad. One of them's Brian Keith, and you know they're they're just really despicable bad guys. But Aldo Ray sort of overpowers, uh, or they think they've killed him. Actually, there's a, the Rock jumps up and hits his head. And they the think Rock is in this. No, he just got married. <laughs> 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 totally like taking your segment yeah, and just sorry. completely demolishing yeah. it. What was I talking about? <laughs> the so rock hit someone in the Pika, head. In Pikachu. Which oh. is what Dwayne does. No, it was a, it, it, the bad guys are in a hurry to get out of there, right? So they try. They think that this that Aldo Ray is dead, and Aldo Ray's friend, who they just killed, is a doctor, and he, you know, he had pulled out his doctor bag to help them, you know, help him with a bullet a bullet injury or some kind of an injury that they got during the bank robbery. And anyway, when these guys are in a hurry to leave, they grab the bag of money and they get in the stolen car and they take off, leaving Aldo Ray there for dead and his doctor friend really dead. But when uh, our friend Aldo Ray wakes up, he goes over and looks at the doctor's doctor bag and it's full of money. Mm-hmm. So that's hard to treat wounds when you just get dollar bills. <laughs> well, I mean, they took the wrong bag, right? Right, right. So now right. it's all about him, you know. So he grabs right. the bag of money. He's like, "They're gonna think I killed the doctor because you know." There's all, there's a couple other little plot points that's in cool. there, but he takes the money and just runs with it. So meanwhile, these guys go back, you know, looking for him. <laughs> they see his footprints through the snow. Oh boy! And the rest of the movie is him. Is our you know our main character Aldo Ray trying to outrun these two bad guys while trying to prove himself innocent of the murder of the doctor because the newspapers have have now reported it as you know this guy has killed killed his friend you know and was in love with his wife or something you know <laughs> uh, so it's a classic like you know wrongly accused man being chased and he has to prove his innocence before right. they catch him but he's also being chased by the bad guys he's also being chased by the police and it's a it's a really fascinating movie it's very suspenseful it's got a um there's a scene in it where um it was it, kind of outrageous for the time but there's a snowplow heading towards a couple of people who are tied up, and you know there's those kind of scenes, mm-hmm. and there's two guys fighting on the snowplow trying to steer it away from you know you don't want to run over uh, Anne Bancroft in a snowplow, and uh, one of those snow grinder things that would grind the snow up and shoot it in the in the sky, but um, oh you got to run over someone with that though well. There has to be maybe that's you an, get, that's an you're gonna too. show me a snowplow someone better be going through it yeah. It's uh, you may Woo-hoo! 
you, you won't be you won't be uh, disappointed. <laughs> Jack, Jack Turner will not disappoint you. Jack Turner. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a great film. It's it like really it's good. really suspenseful. It. It's got a great performance by Aldo Ray and other actors. There's another actor in it who um, who I, I can't remember his name. But he played. Um, he's Mark. he was in a million TV shows, <laughs> and uh, I should I should probably have looked it up before. Uh, that's I, all right. I will. That's, but he that's plays the insurance investigator <laughs> who's after this guy. And that's right. But yeah, I, re- I totally recommend this. It's got really interesting performances. It's got a, it's got that kind of gradually unfolding mystery. When they do the flashback, you the first time they do the flashback, you're like, I still don't know what happened. And you find out more of his story in the present, and he ends up getting Anne Bancroft involved, and she's a model. Another thing about this movie that's interesting, if you live in Los Angeles or have an interest in Los Angeles, at the time, the film was made in 1957, but there's a lot of footage of Los Angeles. It's weird to see it because there's lots of big open spaces, and those are not there anymore. <laughs> well, it's got like Hollywood Boulevard. It shows Musso and Frank, and it shows um, it shows Michelli's uh, restaurant, and it shows... Um, he is running down Hollywood Boulevard. There's there's shots of um, Winchell's Donuts, <laughs> the the giant Randy's Please. Donut, <laughs> Donut. <laughs> but there's some great. Um, was it James Gregory? Was he in things like My Favorite Martian? And yeah, he was. You see the face. You'll, is that who it is? That's he, the guy. Yeah, yeah. He's been, he was in all the Matt Helm. Oh yeah, movies. he's in, yes. he's in Twilight Zone and yeah. forever. You know? yeah, yeah, that guy. And yeah. he's he's one of those faces that you recognize, but you're like, what's his name? And what is his name? Uh, James Gregory. James Gregory. Yeah, James and Gregory. he's. He and what plays, are the what are the other um, movies this director's done? Because they should all be seen. Oh yeah, I mean he he did the Curse of the Demon, also known as Night of the Demon, with the super cute demon in it. There's different versions of that film that you can find. All of them are great. It's a Dana Andrews really okay. interesting story. Aside from the monster, it's an interesting story. Yeah, I mean the monster's kind of minimal, really. And they did Cat People in 1942. He did The Leopard Man in 1943, which... He likes big cats. Well, The Leopard Man sounds... It's one of those movies that's like, okay, he did The Cat People, and then he did The Leopard Man. Okay, it sounds like he's cashing <laughs> in. On, but The Leopard Man is a completely different kind of story, and it's really interesting to watch. It's got some great stuff in it. I recommend The Leopard Man. How about Kittens on Parade? That wasn't, that wasn't very <laughs> did he do that one? Kittens on Parade. <laughs> But you know, he did Out of the Past, and one of my favorite of Jacques Tournier's films is I Walked with a Zombie, 1943. Oh, that's a great one. That is a moody, interesting, scary, strange movie. It's it's so good. I I can always watch that one. Yeah. That's great. That's one I can watch over and over. The wind whipping. The wind. Just like so like, woo. Through those cornfields or something. Even unusual. It feels like the kind of stuff where you think an old movie won't show anything new. And you see that and you're like, you don't really see that ever. And it's so, such a cool effect, you know? Yeah. Yeah, And it's just, his movies have a vibe to them. And I think a lot of that might have come from a producer that he worked with a lot named Val Luton. Sure. Who also produced and and was a screenwriter too, but he did... um, he did some interesting films that were not directed by Jacques Tournier, like The Seventh Victim and um, and a few other films that had that moody... Very atmospheric producer. Like, he, he wanted to make sure that it right. looked, you know, the, the sense of the film yeah. was, was the mood of the film was important. And they, um, Jacques Tournier also did a, some great Twilight Zone episodes, too. He's good. Just a good director. He's good. 
And it's interesting, these guys um, did so many different kinds of films, like this one, Nightfall, that I was talking about, is a flat film noir. You know, it's a crime drama. That's cool. And it's so good. I mean, you could tell the guy understood how to scare an audience, mm-hmm. the suspense, the storytelling, the way the story is revealed. So I'm going to, big recommendation for Nightfall, 1957. Here, everybody go watch it. Good stuff. Okay, and then Catapulting to the Future, we're going to see a movie that's coming out probably the weekend you hear this podcast. It's actually available on VOD and streaming on August 30th. Oh, oh, very nice. So, but we all so, saw it because we're so because we're like, special in the mix, yes, man. From Shout, yes, starring and? Bruce Davison, who I love because he was in Willard, and I love that movie. And, and the movie's called Itsy Bitsy. Itsy Bitsy. Also, what do you think it's about? It's got Denise Crosby. So I'm, so I'm <laughs> Denise in. Crosby right. from Star Trek. Yep, she Next plays the, the cynical cop and Miracle Mile. Remember she was that, in that? That's a great film. Oh, that was a really good movie. That's one that's forgotten. She's yeah. very cool in that. She's kind of a... I wish she did more. She's a really interesting actress. I always yeah. liked her. Very intense. She could have played... You know, in her younger days, I guess, she could have played uh, Captain Marvel. She yeah, could have. see that. Absolutely. Yeah. They should have gotten Starbuck for that. You know, <laughs> yeah. That actress. What's her name? The Starbuck. Starbuck. Yeah. In Battlestar um, Galactica. Oh, what? oh. Um, she was in that little uh, sci-fi movie about um, where she's just in one room the whole time. Katie Sackhoff. Yes. Katie Sackhoff. Yeah, she would have been a great Captain Marvel. She'd be great. She's just yeah. tough. Yeah. She's, yeah. But, I mean, the Captain Marvel is a great Captain Marvel, too. She is. She's she really is great. cool. I like her so a lot. So it's directed by Micah Gallo, which mm-hmm. is one of our easier names to pronounce today. Yeah. <laughs> I probably said it wrong, though. Yeah. yeah, it's available on August 30th on digital VOD. It He's, stars Bruce Davison, Elizabeth Roberts, Denise Crosby, Armin Darbo, and Chloe Perrin. So he did visual effects. So he, he's known for that. And he actually worked on Hatchet, Frozen, and The Innkeepers, which are all pretty great movies. But Frozen is not the uh, Disney animated Frozen. No, it's Frozen that's way different, where these people get stuck on a ski lift overnight. Oh. They yeah. got to figure out how to get down, and it does not go well. Wow. <laughs> it's good. It's a cool, cool. It's a containment cool. horror. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like the containment sort of isolation wilderness horror of it. It sounds really good. Well, itsy bitsy. I didn't want to see this for the longest time. Mark Mark said when it came up, he goes, "I am not watching it." I'm like, "Yes, you are." <laughs> yeah, because I have a thing, and I'll damn uh, Rod Serling to hell for this uh, <laughs> night gallery episode that I watched oh. when I was like eight years old, and it was all about this guy who was afraid of spiders. He had arachnophobia, and there was a little spider that was like in a sink or something, and I'll never forget it. And like, try to wash the sink, you know, wash the spider down. He did, but then it came back. You know, they wash it down again, and then it just started getting bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger. At the very last scene, the one that creeped me out, he opens up his bedroom door, and you see his bed, and to the right of his bed is this huge spider kind of coming towards yeah. the door. And I remember watching that, and just it horrified me, and it kept me up. <laughs> Scarred and for life. It really it has. It's I a great episode of Night Gallery. Yeah, yeah it's one you don't hear about often. Even the shitty, like, you know, tarantula from the 50s, you know, kind of cheesy yeah. ones, yeah. Eight, eight-legged freaks or whatever, those, you know, those. I won't watch them. <laughs> Because I don't like the, uh, Kingdom of the Spiders, I liked with the Shatner because they were like regular size. You know? Those are little spiders. But any big spider, I know you think it's cool. It's like a dog, but for me, it just freaks me out. It's like <laughs> well, a wolf the bigger spider. they get, the less creepy they are. Like I feel like my thing is the volume of spider. Like if it's a bunch of spiders, it sort of wigs me out because it's too many. Yeah, if it's just one spider. 
and it, it's really big. It doesn't seem like really well, a spider. It's spooky to me. Because like, they're little legs and stuff. And well, spiders my thing, are those creepy because they don't have faces. You can't tell what they're thinking well, or where they're looking. They're just weird. You know? They're they're yeah. not like... Like rats to me have never been scary no. in movies. No, they try not, to make rats they're scary. They're not scary. They're cute. But they're yeah. spider, spiders for me are scary. They're, the, See, they're I, my bugaboo. I think it's sad when nature or animals are sort of <laughs> demonized or made to be scary. I like know. snakes and spiders and rats get a really bad rap. And wolves. And, they're, they're, and wolves. And, you know, that's that's a problem I had in Frozen. So this guy has an issue with like demonizing animals, which I don't like. But I do like his movies for the most part. <laughs> but I feel like we don't. I am not afraid of animals at all. People are the only thing that scare me. Hmm. And yeah. like when it comes to spiders, I'm respectful. I don't want to get bitten. But I'm always like the one who's saving the spider and trying to get it out of the house. or you Because know, they're doing a good job. I mean, so they're doing something very foot, important. If there's a two-foot spider coming at you. Then I would, would like you, get a yeah, GPS I, collar and make sure and take it for walks every day. <laughs> I would hide in the attic. Well, because it was a furry spider too. It was kind of like a tarantula type. It spider. was really well. The effect was excellent. It's I actually thought pretty it, good. They're was, mostly practical, right? I think, but um, I think it was. I think part of the promotion for the film is that a lot of it was practical effects. But I think there was a little bit of augmentation with digital. Bit. Yeah. Mm. But mo- I mean, mostly pretty great special effects. A lot of um, it's a it's a classic old timey monster movie, yep. Yep. which is kind of cool. It's it's people in a situation where they're being pursued by a an icky monster, and there's a sort of a supernatural element to it where the where it comes from this ancient tribal mm-hmm. traditional kind of thing and hatches out of a. An ancient egg and all that kind of stuff. Which they seemed to worship like it wasn't evil. They said, we have to get her back. Like, they need the spider. It was like a spider uh, goddess or something. something. Yeah, just in the shape of a spider, but it's not really a spider. Yeah. Something Mm. like that. Yeah. So Um, I made it a little less spidery for you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I watched it, you know, with between my fingers. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But it was well, I thought it was very well done. I thought Bruce Davison is, you know, is a. Always fun. One of those yeah. good actors from, like, you remember him from the X-Men. He always played, like, the senator, I think, in the X-Men yeah. films and some other stuff. Good actor. Yeah. Denise Crosby. Uh, so it was just, like, very solidly done. The music was good. Mm-hmm. The setup was good. The kids were yeah. good. The, the kids, kids were good. Kids can be problematic in movies, you know? Yeah. But these kids were good. They were, they um, they did what was necessary for children to do in scary movies. They, you know, they, they looked like they were... Um, a, they were well directed I'll put it yeah. that way and they acted like kids yeah. they weren't yeah. like you know older like Stranger Things a little more savvy kids they were like really pretty clueless little kids which and I liked how the son who was older I think he was 13 and yeah. she's 6 she's about 6 or something right. and I like how he's he's the one that's aware something's happening Right. and the mother thinks he's just trying to scare the little girl and there's some great scenes where he's like I just saw a spider was here she goes there's a spider and she starts freaking <laughs> out she's like quit scaring her sister I mean I like that because that seems real because right. if you're saying there's a big spider how big could it be right yeah you know? right 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 and if your kid's saying he's as big as a dog and like, get out of here he is not it's scaring her you know <laughs> so i liked that dynamic of the kids yeah and the that mom really the good. actress who played the mom was really good she a bit troubled you know she's one of the characters i think another thing that i read about this movie that the director had said he really wanted to concentrate on characters because characters are what we care about in the film and if you have a monster movie where you don't care about the characters, you don't care about whether they get killed or whether they live or die or what happens, and you're not into the movie. Yeah. But if you love these people, if you if you feel for them, if you can relate to them, which is really important, and if you feel you know them, 
quickly and easily. They're not, you know, they're consistent. Their emotional reactions are consistent and they're people that you recognize. I think that's so important. And Mm -hmm. she had troubles. She had a, you know, there was, you know, trouble in her past and she had uh, issues and there was always the thing about moving to a new place and with the kids not wanting to move and we're going to have to get used to living in this dirty old house and it's a financial move and yeah. we have to do it and it's you know fresh thoughts so she's stressed yeah. out she's a single mom with two yeah. kids living yeah. in somebody else's house with the older guy who has health issues yeah you know that's pretty and he's so that not, alone is a good setup because yeah. it's stressful and it's kind of like you don't know what's going to happen and it's right. easy. can you trust the guy what's his deal he acts kind of weird he's right. a bit weird and yeah. kind of of a little bit edgy is Bruce Davidson, you know. Yeah, it's Bruce Davidson, so you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. We're, we're living with edgy Bruce Davidson. Yeah, it's a bad move. I want like nice. right when she arrives, she's like, "Oh, great, it's Bruce Davidson." It's edgy Bruce uh. Davidson. He's like, "Oh no, he's the guy with the rats, right?" He's going to have rats or something. <laughs> no, but it's spiders. Surprise! Yeah. Yeah. Or he's going to turn into a mutant or something. But I like the spider keeps getting bigger. Yeah, like it becomes this huge spider. Yeah, and they and they they have some great effects of the little legs moving around. And it's it's cool. Yeah, it's a it's a cool little movie. Uh, maybe not so little, but it's um, worth checking it's out for big sure. Some suspenseful stuff too. The yeah. little, there's a scene where the little girl goes up into the attic that was mm-hmm. that was really creepy. And it, oh, I was creeped out. I was. Yeah, <laughs> she's a tiny little girl and she's climbing around in the attic and you know getting close to the attic door and you see her little feet on the steps as she's trying to come down and it's like oh. <laughs> And, and then, then there's a classic, the mom, take care of your sister. And it's yeah. like, why? Why are you letting this little boy do that? It's way too much. It's so yeah. bad. Of course, he does a bad job because he's 13. <laughs> right. And he's scared. But it's a good movie, it I thought. It's a, it's you know, it's a you classic could, creature feature. Yeah. Get the popcorn out, kick back, and enjoy yeah. it. You it know? had some, you know, there's a few things that that sort of um, revealed it to be a bit of a low-budget um, film. But... Uh, as a as a whole film, I I didn't lose interest in it. I watched the whole thing, and I was curious to see what happened, and I cared about the characters, and I was there was enough suspense to keep me going. Sure. The effects were really nicely done too. The whether they were practical or digital, I don't care. As I mean, if it's a if it's a, if the effects are done to serve the story, and if they serve, I don't care how they're done. Yeah. I'm not one of those people who hate CGI. I'm not a person who demands everything be practical or, you know, happen on the set or whatever, whatever works. Well, I like that you, they didn't, you know, cause sometimes you see CGI and it's so obviously CGI yeah. that I'm sort of out of it. And I know it's not it. really. So I like that this one, you pretty much, it looks pretty much practical. Yeah. And um, I but think that's when bad you, CGI. Yeah, but I mean, I still I feel like the spider. No matter how you do it, if you knew it was CGI, it almost moved too well. I think they did just enough where it was just just grounded enough that you weren't like special effects. Well, there's, right. a, there's a, I mean, there, you know, there's a shot in, early on where you know, it's an overhead shot looking down into the bathroom, mm. and there's a you know there's a clawfoot tub with a, a curtain around it, and the spider is just there at the on the bat in the bathtub. That's yeah, so and that's like that gets to me. Yeah, yes. that's the classic you know pull back the shower and then there's curtain. a big spider. Yeah. Yeah. And it's trapped. I feel bad for him. Yeah. You're like, ah! It doesn't even have to move in that It doesn't scene, move. It's you know? just there yeah. being covering yeah. the whole bottom of the tub oh, going, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I had to put out a warning because, you know, I do these, but there's a horrible cat murder oh, yeah. in it, and it wasn't cool. And mm. come on, dude, seriously. Was it a horrible cat? Or it was, was not it a, a good a cat nice murder. Cat. It was, no, the cat was good. The oh. death was bad. Yeah. It was a bad cat death, and they <laughs> showed it, and it wasn't good. So just be prepared for that. Aw. I know. I don't I know. know what that trend I is. I always but... have to warn people when there's animal because I wish I am warned, but I was not. 
but yeah, if you're into insect horror, you know, this is a good one. Insect horror, that's what we call it. Yeah. Ooh. I had one quick story I wanted to tell. When I was a kid, we used to hang out like little, you know, you, hey, when you're a kid, you have these little clubhouses. And I used to live near a high school and they had those old fashioned concrete bleachers and there was so much rain where I grew up, there was erosion. And so there were these sort of caverns underneath these concrete bleachers. So it was like going into a cave, and you had to sort of push your way in, and there was an o- a bigger mm. opening in there, and it was all that red clay, you know, Florida red clay. Yeah. And we would go in there and hang out, and it was so dark and fun, weird and scary and fun. And one time I thought it would be really cool to bring a flashlight in there so we could kind of explore underneath yeah. there. And so a few of my friends got in there, and it was hard to get in there. You had to really shimmy through on your belly and get in there. And we were inside there, and I turned the flashlight on, and I was we were looking around. It was so cool, and I got this brilliant idea to shine the flashlight straight up. Oh, no. I to the already underside. I'm like cringing. The ceiling of the cave was the underside of the concrete bleachers, you know, and it was kind of high up there. So I shined the flashlight up there, and if you've ever lived in Florida... <laughs> Or around those areas, you know that there is a there is a, a phenomenon called the cockroach. <laughs> they're, oh, shit. They are everywhere, and they're huge. They're they're like some of them are kind of like palmetto bugs or they something. They call them palmetto because roaches. Palmetto sounds better than roaches. But roaches are a thing in oh, Florida. People, yeah, we get used monsters. to not having them out here in California, but they were everywhere in Florida. And the ceiling of this little cave was literally a carpet of. Oh my god! I would have, my head would have, my heart would have exploded. But not only that, the light activated them, them and they fly. (laughs) And so, not only that, but they started flying. And I dropped the flashlight, and we're all (laughs) scrambling to try to get out. And I'm trying to get the flashlight, and the flashlight is now covered with cockroaches, and I'm covered with cockroaches, and they're crawling down my shirt, and everybody is screaming. And we we were all trying to get out, and we when we got out, we were still covered with cockroaches, and we're like brushing them off. Oh, horrifying! That should be in a Stephen King movie. The creep show, yeah, the creep show with E.G. Marshall. (laughs) I remember just seeing one in Florida walking on the sidewalk, and I heard this like you know. T- you know, tapping, tapping behind right. me on the side. Yeah. Who's this person behind? But it's just a, a, a bug. Yeah, like, walking like, on the yeah, doing like this. You know. Yeah. Like ugh. I can remember hearing them in the yeah. dark when I lived in yeah. Florida. Oh. You could hear them walking on the floor, and and like you hear their little footprints, footsteps. There better not be uh, you know Palmetto horror mm. movie coming out. Palmetto. Yeah. Bug. Palmetto. So that's gonna be our movie. <laughs> yeah. We are now going to produce and direct a short film called Palmetto. In a world gone mad with Palmetto bugs. <laughs> Only one man. I mean, that is just a great scene. That should just. I be think the whole that movie. that could be the scene, a short film. Yes, just that. what happened to you when you were yep. like ten years old. <laughs> that would be so, <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh my god. Oh god. But this this movie Itsy Bitsy, I kind of I think kind of goes into those fears of bugs and the their egg sacks and things like that. The oh. gushy, squishy oh, eggs oh, and the the just... spider webs. You know, there are scenes with webs and all that kind of stuff. So if you're that... triggered by spiders, be sure and watch it. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I, I was, and it's really worth, it's really worth seeing. You just you know, steal your nerves and go in. Yeah, because it, it looks cheesier than it is. Actually, really pretty well made. Like you said, very character driven. Yeah, was great. Yeah, yeah. So good film. So good performances. Kudos good and job. Uh, check it out. Yeah. yeah, itsy bitsy. Should we should we call this one? Call it. All done, right. Done. Thanks everyone for listening. Um, this is the Cinemondo podcast, and we are available on social media. Like Instagram, Facebook, 
We have our own website, even. And what are the addresses for these things you're listing? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just the voice of doom right now. (laughs) No, you have to check us out on on social media. We're on Instagram. Look up cinemondopodcast.com website, whatever it is, <laughs> cinemondopodcast.com. Yes. That's our website. And yep. uh, we're on Facebook, Cinemondo. Slash Cinemondo Podcast. Slash Cinemondo Podcast. And, and also Twitter. And Twitter. That's a big one for Twitter's us. where the action is. Yes, people. it is. Cinemondo Pod. Yes. And, and uh, Facebook, of course. Right. That's the only one that's different. Everything else is slash Cinemondo Podcast. Because yeah. Twitter has to be shorter. Right, right. And you can find us on iTunes and places like that. And Patreon. And Patreon. Support so us. Support us, look us up, and, and keep up with us. You know, that's the fun thing is when you listen to all of the episodes, there's a there's a, a secret that you can put together if you listen and find all the clues. And, but you have to listen to all of the episodes. That's right. And we love interacting with all the people who listen to the podcast. So that's really super fun. Yeah. So we love hearing from you guys. And um, if you take the thirty eighth words said during every podcast, oh, you just gave it away, dude. (laughs) I'll see if anybody does that. If anybody thirty eighth word of every podcast will, and you put it together, it will form a sentence. And if you get the sentence right, we will send you a special prize. It's probably every time a Cinemondo podcast. <laughs> it's going to be like a Cinemondo. <laughs> you know what that means? That means we have to do that. We have to go through God all of them it, and Mark. listen to the 38th This is word. This is what I do. That means we have transcribed <laughs> them all. We'll just assume that if anybody sends us anything, we'll, okay, that's, that's, that's right. <laughs> you win. What if it was really creepy and weird? Yeah, like, you know, so, Sort of like Opus The world Day will thing. end. <laughs> Like Nicholas Cage movie, whatever. Yeah. That's when we hit the hundredth episode, the world ends. Yes. That's what's going to happen because so we cast our, the spell. So we're going to take our time. Aliens <laughs> will invade at four fifteen p.m. on August thirtieth. <laughs> Very war of the worlds. Anyway. Yes. Thanks All for right. listening. Thank Thanks you, for joining us. This is Cinemondo signing off. <laughs> <laughs>